I said, guys, we didn't come here for no reason. We can win the dead gum ball game. Are you, I said, are you strong? They said, I'm strong if you strong. I said, we strong then. Do I look good? Wow. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw, another Thursday night edition. We don't have a game to preview this week, but we are back taking a few calls. We have a guest scheduled for tonight as well. Big ACC talk, uh, big FSU talk. I am TJ Pittenger alongside Richie Barnes and Freddie Stevenson. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? So we're doing well. Good, TJ. I'm doing better than I was Sunday. I've had a couple more days to to cope a little bit, to start lying to myself again, and I'm ready to beat Miami, but we got another 10 days before we have to kick off there, nine days, I guess, until we kick off there. But um, have you guys recovered a little bit more since Sunday? Are you still licking your wounds? Or Saturday, are you licking your wounds? Where are you at? I'm in a better place than I was on Saturday. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, I'm, I feel a lot better, you know, a few days later, watch the game again. You know, it, you know, I don't think any of us were happy on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, going to work, but you know, it's a, uh, we got a bye week and uh, like you said, 10 days to get ready for Miami. I am, um, 
I'm very much interested to see that Miami game. Um, I have a question for you guys on that. I was talking with Ali Peak about that um, last night. We were chatting about it. But before we get going, um, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. I had Guthrie's in Tampa today. Uh, I got a box, Double Fries No Slaw always. I got it on Uber Eats. Um, and so there was no selection on Uber Eats for like hold the coleslaw. So like I literally placed the Uber Eats order and then I had to call the restaurant and say, Hey, that Uber Eats order under like under TJ and Dan, like those are no coleslaw, like double the fries. He's like, all right, man, I got you. No problem. But uh, so anyway, I need Uber Eats to step their game up and understand that I'm running a business here, but uh, double fries, no slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee, 2550 West North Monroe in 1818. I switch that up every time. 1818 West Tennessee street. Go in and tell them the double fries, no slaw sent you. I sent them some stickers. And so they're supposed to be putting those up in the store. I sent them some t-shirts. Um, so if you see the owner walking around with our double fries, no slaw t-shirt, I'll take a picture with him and upload it. Um, but we are rolling here. So here's my question for you guys. Uh, we'll talk about that Louisville Miami game. That's, that's coming up in two days. I think we'll be in our discord chat for that. So if you guys are not familiar with it, shoot us a message and, and we'll get you in the discord, which we had a lot of fun in there on Saturday, despite the result. Um, how much, we're not predicting the game yet, but I know, I know that if we did predict the game on, on Saturday after the Georgia tech loss, I think we would all have us losing to Miami. Right. So here's my question. How much does Georgia tech need to beat UCF by and Louisville need to beat Miami by for you guys to be confident that we win that game? Right. Like if, so if, if Georgia tech beats UCF, you feel better about us losing to Georgia tech. And if Louisville beats Miami, you, you feel like, Miami's maybe not that good. So what do those results need to look like for you guys to say, okay, we're definitely beating Miami. I mean, I hate to get cliche on you. And I, I, I hate the transitive property in college football. I, UCF's better than Georgia tech and they should beat them by, I think they cover the spread. I think it's uh, close to two scores. Seven and a half. So is it only seven and a half right now? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I still think UCF's the better team. But I also don't think that means we can't beat Miami. I'm very interested to see how, you know, Derek King looks, you know, against power five defenses. He's not looked great, you know, in his career, even in his big year under Kendall Bryles. I think he's I'm interested to see what Louisville does to try and stop him on the ground, because I think if you make Derek King throw the football, he's not going to be very good. Uh, that said, I, I think their defensive line is going to be a problem for our offensive line, especially if we're not healthy heading into that game. So I, if Miami beats Louisville, I, I'm, I'm not picking us to beat Miami because I, I think Louisville's solid team. But it'll be interesting. And again, like you said, TJ, when the game gets closer, I'm going to start lying to myself more and more. And I'm sure by kickoff, I'll be convinced we're going to win by a last-minute field goal. <laughs> How about you, T or Freddie? Yeah, I don't think the UCF game really matters. Just going back to the game, it was nothing but a choke job. That's Georgia Tech shouldn't have even been in that game. We um, completely blew that and went back to some of our old ways. But, yeah, the, the Miami game, seeing how Miami performs against a opponent like Louisville, that'll be big to see if De'Ara King can actually rise to the challenge. I know in the first game he kind of struggled a little bit. So that'll be a good challenge for him to see what they'll bring to the table against us in 10 days. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the only reason I throw the Georgia Tech one in there is because if Georgia Tech comes out and just really looks a lot better than UCF, uh, I can lie to myself and say that Georgia yeah. Tech was underrated and, and wasn't, you know, 
it, it wasn't as bad as it looked, right? So I'm just I'm just praying for any kind of hope at this point in my life. So um, we have a caller. We're going to bring our caller in real quick. We'll chat with him for a minute, and then we're going to get to uh, recapping our predictions from last week and uh, looking at some predictions uh, from for next week. Um, looks like Jake is connecting to audio here, so I'm totally just stalling. So um, this is outstanding radio, by the way. Great, great live radio. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Jake, can you hear us? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Jake? Jake, um, your video's off, which you don't have to turn it on, but we're on. I got you. Okay, very good. How's it going, man? Chilling, bro. Chilling. About to get the Bulls game on here in a sec. Dude, we need to win tonight. What, what's, your, what's on your mind, man? What are you thinking about? Man, I want to talk about this Georgia Tech game, fellas. I mean, a lot of hot takes going out there this last week. Um, I think offensive line is better this year. Just a little bit. I know we got hurt a little bit. I really do think we're going to be better progressively throughout the season. But a lot of hot takes going out there, a lot of criticism. I think we're going to get better with each game. I really do. I think this is a different series, but still a lot of hate going on right now. And Jake, I, I think that's – I think you hit the nail on the head right there, man. Uh, if you came into the season with a win total record, like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine wins, um, and that's still your mark for success, I think you need to readjust those expectations. But like you said, if the team shows progress every week, the final record may not be what we want it to be, but at least we'll have some hope by watching the games and seeing the progress week to week. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's a sad place to be as a Florida State fan, you know, in my – fairly young lifetime i've seen a lot of success and here i am trying to convince myself you know a, a potential three four win season could be show progress throughout the year but i do think that's where we're at and it'll be interesting to see which way mike norvell goes with personnel and how the team progresses throughout the year yeah no doubt the one thing i was going to say is like the way i look at this loss is that this is a, i feel like for him he could show this is the worst game he's going to have with us Week over week. Now, Miami, if he beats Miami, huge win, right? That's going to be huge momentum for the program. I think we got to just play a close game against them to really show that progress. But, yeah, hoping for the best, man. My expectations going into this season after going to the last two with the – I saw y'all's homer records with the 10 wins coming in on the original schedule. Eight and Gosh. three, eight and three. Eight that and is three. looking Nobody terrible said now. Nobody said 10. Freddie, I know you said nine or 10 or something like that. I said, I said eight. <laughs> All right. Still, the eight's a lot, man. Eight's a lot to come in here. You know, I was thinking like 2010 too, like looking back from 2009 season to the 2010 season, like were we lucky to get that 10 win season in 2010? I mean, just going from that big jump. I think the schedule lined up well for it, right? The ACC wasn't super strong. It didn't it take uh, – it's 2010 when we had the 55-yard field goal. No, that was – uh, was that 11? I don't, I don't remember. No, it had to – No, had that, to was, 10, yeah. that was 10, but we had also missed two field goals the two weeks prior that would have won those games. Um, at the same time, we got a historically weak uh, SEC East champ in South Carolina in that bowl game. They were yeah. near what you'd expect from the SEC run. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, we, we beat Florida, Florida down. Like, Miami. I think we had to pour you know, total yards yeah. against Florida and beat them that year. So, 
Um, Jake, I, I'm, I got another caller. I got to get to. I got to ask you this. So, what, um, what is your adjusted prediction? Uh, what's your, what's your record for the rest of the year? Four wins. Four wins. Oof, that hurts to say, doesn't it? It's just it hurts, but I mean, like realistically, I think there's going to be a couple really close ones, and I think that's where we see the progress from the Taggart era to the Norvell era. It's like in some of these games, like we will lose for sure, but we'll at least see some progress. What I'll say is last year we lost to Boise State. And when we lost to Boise State, I think we I looked at the rest of the schedule and said, man, there's no way that we can get bowl eligible now because there are teams that are better than Boise State on the schedule, right? All, left yeah. on record. And I think the same thing now, right? Like I think if you look at the schedule, you'd say there aren't six teams worse than Georgia Tech. But like you said, we're going to get better through the year, right? So I think that um, I think that I would predict four or five, but I think the goal needs to be to find a way to six wins, right? I yeah. think your path, your path to do that is Jacksonville State, NC State, Virginia, and Pittsburgh have to be wins, and then you got to win two more that you're not supposed to win, right? So that's either Miami, UNC, Louisville. Uh, oh, and Duke. Duke's also in there. Maybe I take Pittsburgh out and put Duke in. But something from there, you need to win four of those for sure and yeah. then find two that you're not supposed to win. you got to find a way to get to six wins, in, in my opinion, right? you, you got, got to. So, Jake, thanks for hanging out, man. Hopefully yeah, we can man. do the uh, Big Three Roll-Up Cigar Bar this year again. I'll see you in St. No Pete. doubt. No doubt. Get the fellas out there. All right, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Dude, get them in, get them out. We do those call-in shows on the Big Three Roll-Up, and they are like 15-minute calls because, like, they're all well, they're all partaking in, like, different vices and stuff. Won't, you know, won't blow them up too much. But um, Freddie uh, – not Freddie. Um, Richie, whatever your name is, you've got our picks from last week. We've got Sean on. Sean, your audio connected. I don't know if your video has just yet. Uh, if you can't do video, it's no problem. But welcome to the show. You won our pick them last week. Hey, there you are. Got What's up, guys? Go Knowles. Yeah. Go Knowles, man. Go Knowles. Oh, guys. You won our pick them with a whopping two correct uh, picks. <laughs> yeah, no, it was wild. Out of everybody five. Else, let's, come on. It's, it's out of five. It wasn't a lot going on. So it's still bad. Like, well, it's still bad. I mean, everybody else is worse, though. So, like, I'm not giving you too much yeah. crap. I mean, we're picking um, against the spread here. It's not, nobody yeah. knows what's going on right now with the point spreads. Yeah, so, first you are wild. You are our guest picker, right? Like, so this is like college game day. You're our guest picker Sweet. for these for these predictions. So, uh, Richie, can you recap last week's predictions? Uh, and then let's go through this next week's predictions. And, and Sean, we're going to see if you can go two for two and beat us on these two. These are a little tougher. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, definitely. So we're pulling up the pick them. Let me go to last week, actually. And y'all can stall for a second while I figure this app out. <laughs> well, I've got last week's, but I don't, I don't have the answers. I have the... This is live radio. They'll be all right. Yeah, but we're good here. Let me pull it up on the computer. Add blocker, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. So, yeah, last week was uh, interesting as nobody really did great, but I, I think that was kind of to be expected. Um, we go to the standings and I'm trying to pull the picks. I can't see them right now, but it looks like 
Yeah, Sean, uh, right there were two. TG and I had two right as well. Obviously, we're not competing in this. Um, but man, not, not a. Oh, not I'm a, sorry. I'm sorry. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. We're, we're doing our. Um, like the weekly over unders. Sorry, oh. I just totally did not Come tell you what we were doing. That's what I was gonna say. I had these up. I had these up. I'm like, what's he doing? Here? All right. So yeah. So, yeah. so we have the over unders. The over unders we did much better than the uh, CBS. Yeah, yeah. Talking about. Yeah. So TJ, mark that down and edit that out so the iTunes iTunes listeners don't think we're complete morons. Um, oh no, they need to know. They need to know. <laughs> but yeah, man. So the first one that we had James Blackman. I I I admittedly was a little high on this one. I said three and a half touchdowns over under. We all went with the under. We are all very correct there. Um, and you have a TJ, TJ, do you have Sean's picks? He didn't do these. So we're just recapping last week and he's doing them with us this week. Oh, oh, even better. So, all right. So there, there's that one. Tamari and Terry, this is the one. You remember last week, I, I put it at 94 and a half yards. And TJ, you're like, man, if it, if Bobata had it, it'd be at like 60. Well, they came out at over 100. Um, still me and Freddie went under, you went over. So Freddie and I picked up a point there. Um, uh, but then Florida state defensive sacks, I said it at three and a half, me and Freddie, we were sold on this defensive line and they let us down. TJ snuck in, got the under there to pick one up. Uh, man, I, I knew I was going to get y'all with this one. Alex Mastromano, 43 and a half yards per punt. TJ, Freddie both took the under. I took the over. He was over 48 yards a punt top five in the country. Probably the best punter in the country by the time this thing's over and the last one we all got right as well florida state 34 and a half points we all said under and man <laughs> were we right so th- what are your th- freddie what are your thoughts on those oh. man that looking back on them I, you got three out of five I and mean, we all did well on those but did any of those really stick out to you yes the um the sacks i i just thought we would be able to get those um with a running quarterback i know it's tougher but we just got to finish those, especially coming up this this following week with Derek King. He's a little more shiftier than Jeff Sims was, so we're gonna have to find a way to get push the pocket. May have to stay disciplined in our rushing lanes with this guy. So that one was kind of shocking. It raised my eyebrows a little bit, and hopefully we can figure that one out. About you, TJ. Any any of those things stuck out to you uh, from your picks? Yeah, the pass rush is frustrating um, just because it was non-existent, and, and I don't think their offensive line is very good. I mean, Terry's kind of frustrating too because if if he catches that ball in the first half, not only do we win the game, but he goes over ninety-five yards. So, um, yeah, I mean, those two are, you know, feel like if FSU executes, then um, they go our way. But but I'm gonna rebound this week. I, what did I go? I went. I had two, and y'all both had three. So me and Sean are gonna are gonna come back and beat you guys this week. No, oh, you yeah, we and. TJ, you and Freddie got three out of five, and I got four out of five. So it's we all did pretty well there. Oh, okay, very good. So we were actually all good. All yeah. right, yeah. And then so we have um, Sean on this week, and we're going to – obviously Florida State doesn't play, but two opponents we play this year, including our opponent next week, Miami, they're playing Louisville this week. So we picked – or by we, I say I picked five totals. Um I won last week, but I feel like I cheated because I picked the numbers without any advance notice to TJ and Freddie. So this week I was nice enough to send them the numbers uh, a few hours in advance. So I hope you boys did your research and uh, here we go. I, did, I didn't even, I didn't That's look your at fault, him, so man. I suck. <laughs> the, uh, so the first one, I have Malik Cunningham, 290 and a half passing yards. That's Louisville's quarterback. Freddie, where are you out on him? I'll take it. Take the I'll over? Take the over, yeah. yeah I'll take the over. 
Okay. TG got the over two. Yeah. Sean, what you got? Uh, I got under. I okay. don't, I think that Miami defense is going to step up a little bit this week more than they did last week. And uh, they might hold them under that. If I was behind you guys, I'd go under just to try to pick one up on you. But since no, I no, me, that's, this gonna, is not fair. You got to set yours. I'm going to be safe. So I'm going to take the over here and then I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll, I'll start the next one. So I, I think we all went the over you to do this. Um, so I'll start <laughs> off this one. Two, two at well, six and a half catches in the game. Give me the over. I think they're going to try and look for him early and often uh, seven or more catches for me. I'll go under. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, well, I, I feel like somebody else is going to step up in this game. They're going to be targeting him. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's under. All I right. think I'm going to go with Richie on that one and go over. I think he'll get eight, nine, ten passes this game. Yeah, man, I just think they're going to look for him. It, it'll be interesting because that Miami defense, man, they're, they're front and solid. Um, but let's go to their other front, though, the offensive line. So I put Miami rushing offense. This seems like a big number. Uh, keep in mind, they went for over 300 against UAB, but 275.5 for Miami's total rushing offense to include Derek King. So running backs – Jet sweeps, quarterback options, whatever it may be. Can they get over 275, Freddie? No. I don't, yeah, I, don't I got under. Louisville steps up and challenges them a little bit this week. Yeah, I got under as well. I, I Mostly just because I am not, I, I got to cheer against that. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way I, I got under. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think that's a big number, but they obviously run the ball very well or at least did against UAB, but you'd think Louisville has better athletes. So I got under as well. Yeah, yeah I'll, you, Sean? I'll uh, I'll take the under on that unless uh, De'Aaron King can get out and make some big chunk plays. But I really like you said. I hope they keep him under that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, so I'll, I'll be the uh, contrarian here. I'm going to go over. I, I think I, it, it's a lot of yards, but I Louisville's rush defense is not great. Miami scored 50 on them last year. I know Louisville's Jeez. better. Um, that. I think Derek King's the reason. If they had any other quarterback playing, I'd take the under for sure. I think I, I just don't believe in Derek King's passing ability, and we'll get to that a little later here. Um, so I'll take the over there. So let's go to Derek King and his passing ability. So I put the just over under at 185.5 yards. TJ, what's wow. up? That is not many yards, um, but he's not very good uh, throwing the ball. I'm still going to go over. You you don't have to be a very good quarterback to throw for just short of 200 yards in today's offense. So I'll go over. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same direction. That's not a lot of yards, and I think he'll figure out a way to get that accomplished. What about uh, you, Sean? I would take the under. I'm kind of like with TJ on the last pick. Like for our sake, I hope he just has a terrible passing game, and uh, I'll take I'll take the under 185. Yeah, man. So he was at 144 yards last week. Last year, he only played in four games. He threw for 167, 139, 128, 229. Give me the under. I'm just Let's not go. a believer in his ability to throw yeah. the football. I hope uh, y'all are right. I'd love to be wrong there. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, uh, there's obviously always the, the chance that you know, a, a bubble screen or something goes for a big gain, but I, I just don't believe in him throwing the football. But what I'm curious about is the, and this is an official Vegas line. How many points are we going to see guys? The, the over under is for the game. Total points is 59 and a half. Let's start with our guest, Sean there. What you going over 59 or under here? Uh, 
That's tough. I'll take the under on that, though. That's a lot of points. Okay. Yeah, I don't see um, both of them scoring 59 points. I'll go over here. I'm going to go under here. It kind of contradict my picks earlier if I went over, so I'm going to stick it on. <laughs> Play it safe. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, man, I, it seemed like week one, the or the the week one, as far as we're concerned, when the ACC jumped back, the unders were the play across the country, right? Um, I, I think Vegas might be overreacting a little bit. I, I think this will be a lot of points in this game. Um, I'll take the over as well, and, and we'll uh, recap uh, next week and see where we go from there. Life is way too short to bet unders. Um, so I, I'm not taking an under almost ever. Um, Sean, you're a Patreon. We really appreciate your support. Um, yeah. We're going to get David Hale on um, in just a moment. But do, do you have any questions for us? Any Anything FSU related? I know you've sent me a couple of messages and stuff, and we're going to get to them. But anything you want to ask before we boot you out of here? Or any uh, crap you want to talk for winning last week? <laughs> no man uh i appreciate what y'all are doing man this pod yeah no this pod dude is awesome man y'all have had the best guests on here it's a true no pod i mean i'm a true no fan i will be to the day i die and uh i just love watching you guys man appreciate that for real no oh yeah yeah appreciate you man um well good stuff we'll go Knowles, and if you win the pick them, the game yeah, pick them right. again this week. Then you uh, we'll see you back here next week, same time. So, yeah, right. Thanks for yeah. hanging out, bro. Appreciate you. All right, fellas. Yeah, anytime, man. Y'all have a good night. Go, no. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, bud. Now, I totally screwed you up there, Rich. <laughs> on that, um, we will, uh, well, and then we'll do our picks. Um, we'll do our picks uh, of, of the five games that we're doing uh, later in the show. Right now, I'm going to bring on a guest. Let's see if this works. David Hale, who um, covers college football, it is a fantastic picture that, that you have here, David, as your audio connects. <laughs> um, Covers football for the for ESPN. A focus in the ACC, is that right? I mean, I know you um, tweet a lot. Yeah, I kind of started the in the ACC. ACC. So that's my focus. Yeah, I, I started in the ACC. I mean, I guess it's not too hard to. Sorry. Hmm. We good? No problem. Right. My internet. Yeah, I know you're good. You said you started in the ACC? Yeah, I started covering the ACC. Well, actually, my first job was covering UGA, but when I started at ESPN, I was covering ACC stuff, and it's evolved from there, but that's sort of where my wheelhouse is. So, Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on. Double fries, no slaw. Um, in covering the ACC, I know that's more, you know, I think you're in Charlotte. That's more like Whataburger country, but are you familiar with Guthrie's? Uh, we want to hit the hard-hitting questions first. I don't think so. How would I know Guthrie's? Guthrie's is big in Tallahassee. It's big in Auburn. Um, there's a couple in Georgia. It is uh, it is the OG Zaxby's or Raisin Cane's. So if you've ever oh, had okay. either of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, well versed in those two. <laughs> so, um, so they were both born out of Guthrie's. And uh, Guthrie's is, is the... Um, 
the spot in Tallahassee when you've had a long night of, uh, of, of we'll just say being out. So it's the, <laughs> it's the spot there for, for FSU fans after my, shenanigans. Uh, my, my Tallahassee go-to is always birds, oyster shack. I'm the burgers there. <laughs> and so the, I, uh, I swear by the onion rings there. I think it's just because they have like these like 40 year old deep fryers that have never been cleaned or something <laughs> like that, but it's made the, it makes the onion rings absolutely perfect. Freddie, when you guys were staying, um, you guys stay at the hotel right across from Birds, right? Or is the team still stay there? Or is that where you stayed? That little that is that the um, what hotel is that right there by Birds across the street? The Circle Hotel before games. Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. I thought that's where the team stayed. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe I'm just somebody lied to me at one I point. You, my, asked me, you asked me questions. I forgot the hotel now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Been a few years. I, I thought that's where the team stayed. And I was gonna ask, like, if you ever ran over to birds, like in the middle of the night, like snuck out to get because those burgers are yeah, but I remember y'all talking about it earlier this year. So I gotta make a stop next time and tell us. <laughs> Bro, their burgers are the best. Like the oysters are great. I mean, they're fresh, but the bur- burgers are fantastic. So all right, yeah. so we like food way more than we like football, especially as Florida State fans right now. <laughs> So we, I saw you tweet a little bit today about, we'll get to a little bit of football here. Um, I saw you tweet a little bit today about Florida state's offensive line and just the difference in um, how they looked when they were all five on the field. And, you know, then when a guy was down and it was pretty stark. So um, has Florida state figured out the offensive line? If they can keep them healthy. I mean, what, what's kind of like the ceiling, obviously, guys get hurt you know it's gonna be pretty tough but what are your thoughts around that for for those that may not have seen those those takes today you know it's I don't know that there's a ton of of silver linings or room to be an optimist after that game but uh, you know if you're looking for something there's at least that 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 the numbers were certainly I wouldn't say great but certainly much better with all five of the starters on the field than not now my pal Bud Elliott, who uh, follows Florida State pretty closely as well, kind of noted that the first two drives when you had the full O-line on there were very good. The rest of the drives with the full O-line were meh. And then when any one of them was out, it was a disaster. Um, look, depth is hard. I mean, getting five has been hard for Florida State. So five's a success story, um, but building depth is hard. And the problem is this is a year in particular where I think depth is probably bigger than than it's ever been because of the potential risks with the virus and guys being out or just the lack of, of a normal off season and prep time. Like you talk to Dabo, you talk to Mac Brown. I mean, the guys who are coaching teams that are supposed to be at the top of the league right now and ask them what their big personnel worries are. And it's all off. And it's alone. And it's just that uh, the drop off probably from, one to five and then five to six is, is much more significant at FSU than it probably is most other places right now. Um, do you, you, any other silver linings that you saw in the game over the week that you think maybe wasn't as bad as it looked on the field or what were your thoughts there? Yeah. You know, look, I, I thought there were, you could find a series or a couple of plays and say, well, they looked all right there. I mean, I, I most of the first half, I, you would have said like, they looked like the terrific game. The back end of the defense played really well without arguably their best player uh, being out and, and 
you know, those things are, I guess, to be some, to some extent encouraging. Uh, you know, the other numbers that I tweeted out today were the, the lack of, uh, of pressure that, that the defensive line got, which is incredibly discouraging. That should be the, the bread and butter of this team. That should be the strength. And um, they looked bad against an offensive line last year. That last year was just terrible. So uh, that's disconcerting. Um, look, they're not deep at wide receiver and they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I, talent maybe is there. But aside from Terry, they just don't have guys who have done it. Um, Clearly, you know, you got what you got with James Blackman, and I don't know how salvageable that situation is. I'm certainly rooting for the guy, but um, he's in a tough spot. And then the O-line, you know, again, in a best-case scenario, they're they're better, but they're certainly not deep. It's just hard to put all that together. I, you know, one of the things I said the other day was you can have um, kind of a lackluster receiving core or a mediocre QB or a below-average offensive line, any of those things individually – um, if you're talented elsewhere, you can kind of get past, and, and especially in this league where I think there's some room to move up quickly. But when you've got all three, it's just really hard to make it work. And I think, you know, we saw that with Jimbo, we saw it with Willie, and we saw it with Mike Norvell. Now, the reports that you hear behind the scenes from, from folks about what Mike Norvell is doing there are all incredibly encouraging. But it's sort of funny that that loss came to Georgia Tech because I know in no other way would you want to say that there's a reason to compare Georgia Tech and Florida State because they should be looking at very different worldviews in terms of their success or failure. But, I mean, Jeff Collins walked into a really bad situation, was, I think, pretty clearly the right coach for the situation, sold the hell out of the program while acknowledging, like, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. It's going to take us some time. And so a victory like last week is a massive step forward for Georgia Tech Whereas for, for Florida State, it's sort of like, you know, expectations are sort of the enemy at this point. And I think the overwhelming thing that I try to tell people is that, that nobody, I don't care who you, you bring in Nick Saban, it's not going to be, you know, next week that this team is, is in a better place. It's going to just take a little bit of time because there's just not the pieces there right now. Yeah. And David, on that point, you know, we had a listener on earlier with us and we were talking about, you know, resetting ex expectations a little bit and, uh, you know, I, I was saying uh, whatever your number was heading into the season as a Florida State fan, as far as win total, whether at six, seven, eight, nine, I think it's time to just throw that completely out the window and uh, try not to live every week as a referendum of, you know, where the program <laughs> is and just wait to see the progress as it goes on. Uh, am I crazy to think that, you know, a, a bad three and eight season with progress showing throughout, like tangible, measurable progress showing out could be better than what we saw last year from Florida State at five and seven? Yeah, I mean, look, this is, I guess, sort of what I was getting at is that, like, if you're Florida State, it's really hard to tell fans to, to think that way because it has not ever been that way. And, and reasonably, you know, fans shouldn't have to think that way. But this is where they are now, you know, like, let's just instead of saying, like, where we should be, it's time to step back and say, OK, here's where we are. How do we get out of this? Um, and it's sort of like the old joke about, like, you know, when you dug yourself into a hole, the first step is, is stop digging. And, and I think. That's kind of where you've got to be like and there were issues during Willie's tenure there clearly but like part of the problem was I think from day one Willie was trying to play catch up with expectations you know he was trying to to plug all the holes that he could to try and get another week of not pissing off fans and and donors and boosters and you just can't make real progress that way and sometimes you got to kind of burn down the the whole building and start from scratch and and i don't know if it's quite to that point but to but i think from what you're saying uh, and i would agree with and again this is sort of what jeff collins was selling at Georgia tech last year it's like 
forget whatever the record is at the end of the year. Don't, don't worry about that. Let's look at the individual pieces and say like, are we better today than we were a week ago? And yeah, I think you can look at some things from, from that game and say, there are signs that there is better progress there. I think if you go through, you know, if they look better the next few weeks and there's not infighting, that's, that's all great progress. It's not necessarily going to translate to a win, but you got to feel better about what's being built. And again, the more people I have talked to, and, and I've yet to have anyone who said, you know, I, I'm not so sure if Mike Nervell's the right guy for this. They've all said, I, he's making progress there. Things are looking better but but that doesn't translate into into wins right away and i mean look you know dino babers inherited a terrible situation at syracuse and it took him two three win or four win years or whatever before they got the 10 wins dave clausen inherited a terrible situation at wake forest and it took him a little while he's got a consistent winner there um we talked about jeff collins florida state doesn't expect to be in a situation that syracuse or wake forest or georgia tech is and i totally get that but it's where you are so it's better to follow that blueprint that has been shown to work other places than to keep trying to say, like, we got to get back to, like, SEC Clemson level tomorrow. So uh, on that note, kind of where we're at as a fan base right now is that we have to look at that quarterback situation. And I get the O-line wasn't great. The receivers certainly did not help out James Black much at all. But, you know, you tweeted out a few days ago that, that Mike doesn't need a few weeks. He needs a few years. And I think most rational people will agree with that. Is it time to pull the plug from the James Blackman experiment and see what else he has? Obviously, Chubba Purdy's, it sounds like two to three weeks away still, but do we go with Tate Rodemaker or Jordan Travis if he can throw a football at this point? Or do you think there's any potential to salvage James Blackman for what he is right now? You know, I, I sort of hesitate to answer the question because I'm not inside James Blackman's head and I don't know Fair. what he's thinking you watch a game like that and you sure come away as an outsider with the opinion, like that guy's just been hit too many times. He's been behind too many bad O lines and it's, you can see it play out on the field and whether that's a, you know, a, a, a thing that's fixable, I, I, I'm not smart enough to be able to answer that question. Again, I'm rooting for James Blackman because that kid has been through a lot. Um, and, and at some point, you know, I think it's, do you want to do what has been done to James Blackman? Do you want to do that to the next guy? If you don't think you can surround him with enough talent to at least give him some chance at success. Um, those are all legitimate questions, but, you know, I think to the larger point is that, you know, the sooner that Florida state can start thinking about the future and grabbing onto something about the future, the happier that, that I think fans are going to be and the better it is for the program. And James Blackman, God love him is not the future of Florida state. So if you need to run him out there for a few more weeks or a month or whatever to make sure that you apart Purdy's in a position that you feel like you can put him out there and not, you know, kind of throw him to the wolves, then I'm okay with that. And if, if Blackman continues to develop and gives you a chance to win enough games to say like, hey, this was an okay season, then you keep running him out there. But um, I don't know. I it's you you can't help but feel for the kid because he's stepped up at every time he's been asked and he's just not been given too much to go to war with like heading into the season a lot of people they they didn't really know what to expect out of the offense but with the guys we had coming back on defense they expected this defense to be very strong and on saturday we didn't really see much of what we expected they were very underwhelming um and it's not really a reason to be optimistic for that we thought the defense would kind of carry us through games that often struggled, but 
Um, they they tightened up in the red zone, but they were bending all game. It, it didn't really help us out. Um, do you think it's more of a scheme thing, or do we kind of all over the place? For me personally, since I played there, I think a lot of guys, um, effort-wise, I saw a play with one of our younger guys earlier today, Amari Gainer. He made a play on the bubble screen, and the D line was completely getting washed off the ball. Like, and this is this is horrible to me because Florida State, these guys on paper was supposed to be a top five D line, uh-huh. and if you're trying to bring this school back to the places, man, we're not saying it's going to happen overnight, but your D-line has to set the tone. And just to see that play and see a lot of other plays, discipline errors, but that play right there, it just looks off. So um, from your view, your viewpoint, where do you think this team goes? I mean, we can't say whether scheme, get the scheme out of the way, but you have to play with a certain mentality when you go out on that yeah. field. And if this is going to be a struggle this year, Put in some younger guys that are going to go out there and play play with some effort. Some guys that are going to play the Florida State away because we got to we got to set the standard here going forward for the Norvell era. And if we're really if he's serious about making these changes, he said in this press conference that if guys were playing with effort, he, he wouldn't have a problem replacing the guy that played here for a while. So I think it's the time for us to really see that brought to fruition because. All the talking sounds good, but fans are tired. And even if we have a three, four win season, we're being competitive and we're actually looking like we're making strides forward. And my eyes, that's a success. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. And look, I mean, I, I'm as shocked as anybody that, you know, you listen to the way Marvin Wilson talked about this, this season and what, what it meant to him to get back out on the field this year and then coming back and, and why that was so important to him. And I'm certainly not putting any, uh, you know, all of this on Marvin, but like to see that position group struggle, just like, how is that, how is that happening? You know? And uh, you know, I, I always, I'm, I'm certainly not a, a scout or a guy who is necessarily great at evaluating talent. But the thing that I always look at when I'm evaluating a team is what's your, what do you like at quarterback? What do you like on the O line? What do you like on the D line? Because if those, you got those three things, I think you can almost inevitably are going to be pretty good. And we know what the struggles of quarterback are. We know what the struggles in the O line are. But you think that D-line should be something we can build on this year. We can build around this year. And it really wasn't. Now, look, you know, Kendo gets hurt uh, a little bit early in that game. And that is a problem. Um, maybe the depth just wasn't really there to begin with. I think certainly, you know, whether or not they were prepared for Jeff Sims, it's not like there's a ton of, of film on him. And they might have not have seen all that they uh, probably would have if you're getting Georgia Tech in week three or four, as opposed to getting him in week one. Um, and maybe there was some hesitancy because of Jeff Sims mobility that you think, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to be too aggressive here and let him burn us with his, with his legs. That mean, but again, as you say, Freddie, I mean, a lot of that just adds up to like talking points about why something terrible happened that shouldn't have happened. And at the end of the day, man, those are, that, that is your bread and butter is that defensive line. And those guys have to set the tone and it's not, you know, it's not just about the, the performance in a win or a loss or whatever, because, you know, those guys are the guys, every, all the other younger guys in the team are looking at and saying like, how's it done here? Like, what are we supposed to be doing? And if you're not getting the production and the effort out of those guys, man, you gotta, I think this has been a little bit of a problem at Florida state for a while is like, you got to The leaders got to lead and everybody else has got to be bought into what's happening there. And they got to be able to see, you know, if, if you want the freshmen to be doing what you want them to be doing, they got to see the seniors doing it too. And 
you know, again, ball, ball is what talks, you know, what you put on film is what talks. And if it's not looking good on film, you can say all you want in the locker room. You can say all you want at a press conference, but man, if it's not there on film, people see it. Yeah. And I, um, I think this game was the perfect challenge for us before Miami. We were excited to see that Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims was in there because we knew that we would be getting De'Ara King. So we thought it would be the perfect test for our defense and to see that they kind of struggle with them. But what are your thoughts on that? I know fans, they, they're kind of worried now because Derrick King, he's a lot more shifty than Jeff Sims is. So yeah. um, we may have to find, find ways to push the pocket differently, stay disciplined in our, pass, our passing lanes. I saw late in the game, we started getting more pass rush, but Jeff Sims, he's an elusive guy. He was getting out of there. So um, what are your thoughts on how we go forward with that? Because Derrick King kind of has me worried in that aspect of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, look, UAB's defense is is solid by Conference USA standards, I think, and King looked good. They're, Miami's not super skilled on the outside. They got Brevin Jordan, who's a beast at tight end, but they're not great at receiver. And so I think, you know, if, if you're looking at Miami week one and saying, well, what do we need to be worried about? What should we expect from them? I think you're trying to keep Derek King in the pocket as much as you can. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Um so Sims is a good sort of uh, prototype for what you're going to get. They did an okay job against Sims probably by and large, but again, they didn't – for a guy who was making his first career start as a true freshman, you got to try and make him uncomfortable, and they didn't do that. And I, I just – Derek King is not making his first start. He is a guy who knows the ins and outs and knows how to play this position. Uh, and if you don't make him uncomfortable, he is going to absolutely burn you. Now, you know, is Nazarel Dean going to be – in any shape ready to play in this game? I think that's a question. I think he is a huge difference maker. Is Kando back and and something close to a, an impact level of health? I mean, that's, that's big too. I and mean, Again, you can nitpick and say, well, like there's some reasons here and there, but uh, not at Florida State for a while. And I think at some point you just got to say like, we got to, we got to beat Miami. It's <laughs> the end of the conversation. We got to beat Miami. Yeah, without a doubt. I think um, after that game, a lot of fans, of course, it is what it is. Nobody expected to lose to Georgia Tech. But a rivalry game is what it is. We got to figure out a way to win this game. And you, who knows what can happen in a rivalry game? We got two weeks to prepare for this. Um, I think. Personally, from what I've seen, in the years we played against them, they weren't that good, and they always found a way to challenge us. So I'm not going to say we can't beat them, but I think there's a lot of things we got to get ironed out before that game. I almost, you know, look, I, I don't know, maybe this is trying to put rose-colored glasses on a bad situation, but you, you say, like, all right, maybe this is a the wake-up call that needed to, to be had early in the season, and uh, you get past all those talking points from preseason, and you say, look, what we put on film, that's not good enough, and it, it – is the kick in the ass the guys needed a little bit, maybe. Um, I, you know, I would be surprised if Florida State doesn't give Miami. Miami's got its own challenges. I mean, they're not in this uh, perfect situation either. Um, clearly, they look like they're a little ahead of where Florida State is. But I, I, you know, Florida State's not talent devoid. They're just, you know, I, I think talent didn't play up to its potential in week one. So if they're better in those spots, if Marvin Wilson and, and those guys – really make Miami's offense have to work for things. I, they've got a shot. And I'd love to see a nice physical old school Miami Florida State game, even if it's between two teams that probably aren't going to win the ACC. I want to see that game be good and competitive.
I've got a I've got a couple for you kind of right on that. How good uh he I, I don't think he looked like a very good thrower. Um certainly ran the ball well, but how good can Derek King be uh this season for Miami? You know, like I think your top two quarterbacks are obviously Lawrence and then probably Howell. But then, you know, is Derek King it is it first game jitters or is he just not that good of a thrower and and you know better runner or what, what are your thoughts there long term for the season for Miami and him? Yeah, I think he's definitely a better runner than thrower. He's certainly capable of of throwing the ball around, but I think you know a couple of problems that that were pretty clear to me is is number one, he just doesn't have the skill guys on the outside this year. I mean, I, it's been sort of attrition on at the wide receiver position for what for Miami for a while. And uh, you know, you saw I thought they moved the ball better in the second half when he started finding Brevin Jordan and using his tight ends, but they just don't have the receivers, I think, to make him look like the thrower that you would probably hope he is. And then two, you know, I think most teams are going to try and attack him that way, but a, a lot of what they are doing sort of the, the, he runs to open up the throw. And I think that's, you know, it's going to be, that's going to have some successes and it's going to have some games where he runs into some issues too. But you know, the other thing too, is I, I hesitate to take too much out of what he might do. This was his first game at Miami. This was Brett Lashley's first game uh, at Miami as offensive coordinator. And it was certainly after an, a very unusual off season. So I am a Derek King fan. I think he's got a ton of upside. Um, but I also do kind of wonder in terms, if you're really looking at like, let's be an explosive move the ball with the down the field with the passing game offense, I'm less worried about Derek King than the guys he's throwing it to. What are your thoughts on the uh, Miami-Louisville game on Friday night? Game day there, top top ranked matchup. I know everybody's rankings are a little inflated. <laughs> we kick the Big Ten out for a week, and yeah. we'll bring them back next week, it seems. But uh, also, what's in the cup tonight? Uh, that, uh, that we yeah. Can have? <laughs> so I got I have some Dogfish sixty minute. Uh, Let's on, go. On, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know I, I I really don't have a great feel for this game. I don't know. Part of it's just I don't have a great feel for any games right now because been such a weird off season and who knows what what you're going to get um i think i was initially pretty underwhelmed with miami's defensive performance against uab i know manny talked it up after the game and i was like hey you're not watching the same game uh but uh, you know I, I went to go look and and miami actually got a pretty good amount of pressure in that game they just didn't get to the quarterback under pressure i think uab had a it was like 50 50% throw in like eight yards an attempt or something like pretty decent numbers for under pressure quarterbacks. So they just didn't kind of get home when they got pressure. I think if you can do that and make Mikhail Cunningham a little bit uh, uncomfortable back there. That would certainly help Louisville could score though. And that's just, I just, I'm not sure if I'm sold on Miami being able to sort of keep up there. And I can I don't know if I trust their deep think they can put up some points and I think they will put up some points so I, I am leaning Louisville at this point I would say I think Louisville wins like 33 27 something like that um, but I, I also think maybe we haven't seen the best of Miami's defense yet so by more than two and a half points and you are right at the over of 59 and a half right now <laughs> that's uh, that sounds about right for me yeah I and I, I I, uh, I'll take, I don't know. I haven't decided yet whether I might, uh, drop a little, a few dimes on, on Louisville. It's, it's in my, 
It's in. My, I'm, I'm still. I'm still pondering it. You make everybody <laughs> on this panel and listening to the show happy if 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 you can predict that one correctly. So, um, I do think Miami's a little bit not an advantage, but um, they're a little bit lucky to go into that stadium not at capacity because that place would mm-hmm. be absolutely. I mean, that place was rocking. I mean, Freddie, shoot, you were there. I hate to bring up PTSD, but that place was rocking <laughs> at noon in 2016. I can only imagine that place at capacity with the ranked matchup against Miami at eight o'clock or is it seven 30 or eight, whatever prime time uh, place would be wild. So they are kind of fortunate to, to get that uh, maybe a little bit more of a subdued crowd. Last one I got. And then if anybody else got anything, that's great. But if not, we'll get you out of here. Appreciate your time. Um, Clemson is obviously head and shoulders above everybody in this conference. Um, what are the, what are the prospects that, you know, a team like Notre Dame, or is there anyone else out there that can can challenge them like if Notre Dame gets them twice this year maybe plays them in the in in the regular season the conference championship like if you had to put a percentage on it what percentage can Notre Dame like beat them just once right or or maybe the second time or what are your thoughts maybe so I guess that's more about Notre Dame than it is about Clemson but what are your thoughts there you know look Clemson is is better than everybody else I don't have any I'm not going to make that argument i'm not you know skip Bayless trying to say something i don't really believe but <laughs> it is I, I do think that there's a few more question marks there you know andrew booth's five-star guy at corner who i think is going to be really good but he didn't have a great game against uh wake forest um their receivers amari rogers is really good but their other receivers didn't do a whole heck of a lot in that game um the offensive line you know boogie basham's real good so i you know i'm not surprised that wake got a little bit of pressure but it was probably more pressure than Clemson was expecting. I think they're still working through some kinks just like everybody else. And, you know, they had, I think I counted, they had like, I think seven guys that started in the national championship game that were also starting in week one uh, against Wake Forest. There's a lot of turnover there. So uh, I don't think that Clemson can't be beat. I mean, North Carolina almost beat them last year. I I don't know if that's probably a bad thing for Carolina if they get them this year, because I think Clemson will be ready for them, but Carolina has got a ton of skill position talent. They're, they're not bad on defense. They've got some, I think Carolina, I think Louisville, I think, um, you know, maybe Miami, I think Pittsburgh, all those teams have a chance to kind of be growing as the year goes along. And if you can get a one-off shot at, at Clemson at the end of the year, it's probably more likely this year than it's been the last few years. And, and Notre Dame, of course, I mean, look, the thing about Notre Dame is they're not intimidated by Clemson. I think they expect to be on the same field with Clemson. Now, whether or not they've actually got the same type of athleticism and uh, ability that Clemson does, I think that's maybe a bigger question. Um, I'm not the biggest Ian Book fan. I think he kind of is what he is. And that's, you know, he's fine, but he's not the guy who's going to elevate your team to beat a team like Clemson. But, you know, they've got, they've got some good players on defense and they got a pretty sturdy O-line and, and their running back looked really good in week one against Duke. I, you know, I, I think there's probably at least four or five teams in the ACC this year that if everything went right for them and everything went wrong for Clemson in a game, they'd have a shot. I don't think it's likely, but I think they have a shot. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, certainly not picking any game for – for them to lose. I mean, I think the Notre Dame rematch in the ACC title game would be interesting. You know, if it happened, I think 
there could be a lot of talking points around it. And then Clemson probably still beats him by 14 or so. <laughs> so, uh, it, but it would be, it will be, if nothing else, Florida state fans should root for this year is for Notre Dame to get an ACC title before Miami does. That would be oh, yeah. like the one, <laughs> the one silver lining for Florida state fans this year. I, mean, I think we take it right. Like we wouldn't cheer for Clemson to get another one. So, I mean, right. you know, that was the matchup. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that'd probably be the only time I cheered for Notre Dame, but um, yeah, I'd be all about it. So, David Hale, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us tonight. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. Is it at David A David Hale? At a, a David Hale joint. Yes. Yeah. I was. What, what's uh, the story behind? It used to be quickly. So we well, it, it used to be uh, David Hale ESPN, and then I got chastised for tweeting about too much stuff that had nothing to do with football, and that you know I was routinely kind of bumping up against the edge of the uh, of what was an acceptable representation of ESPN. And I think that that uh, chastisement <laughs> was meant to encourage me to stop tweeting those things, but instead I just changed my Twitter handle. So, uh, you know, that's where we ended up. <laughs> Very good. So you can follow him there and uh, love your, love your insight, love your breakdown stuff. So thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, and if you hit any of those cities that I mentioned, Atlanta now has a Guthrie's. I know they've got a lot of food options, but Tallahassee, Auburn, uh, Alabama, there's a few all over. Hit a Guthrie's. If you don't like it, you can build Freddie. Um, <laughs> well, listen, I will, I will make order. that happen. And at some point, let's all get down to Tallahassee and take Freddie out to, uh, to birds and get some burgers. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We're, we're planning on going a little later this year. So I don't I know 2020 is weird, but if you don't go this year, we'll see you there next year. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. David Hale of ESPN. He made me feel a little – sorry, I had to go there for a second. My internet uh, – I feel like I got Cromartie's joint here. Um, but uh, that's going to be the joke for the rest of the years that we do this podcast. But uh, it actually should be Carlos's. Carlos, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, – did he make you feel any better? I don't know. I think he, I think he's almost like a Florida state fan to, to a point. Like he, he makes me feel a little bit better when he like tweets about like some of the silver lining type stuff. And he's very much a realist, but I enjoyed having him on. Glad we were able to hang out with him for about 30 minutes tonight. I think it all just depends on what team we see on Saturday. I agree with him that Miami has issues as well, but I think I still think at this point, based off what we've seen, they don't have as many as us. So it's just, Depends on what we see on Saturday. That'll dictate everything. Yeah, no, I, I feel like go ahead. our whole fan base is kind of down because we lost to, let's call it, they were, George Deck was a really bad team last year. We don't know what they're going to be this year. I have a hard time seeing them being top half of the ACC, but we see it through college football every year. You know, good teams lose to bad teams in week one. I'm not trying to say that's what happened, but if you're looking for that silver lining, I don't want to put all my eggs in the week one basket. I know Willie Taggart's first year, I went into that Miami game thinking we were going to lose by, you know, 30 points. Then, you know, next thing I know, we're up 27 to seven. Obviously, you know what happens from there. But that's the thing about this rivalry. It doesn't really matter. It sounds cliche to say that, oh, rivalry games, anything can happen. But if any rivalry that's true, I think it's Florida State, Miami, because you think of Florida, Florida State, you know, the, whoever the better team is typically wins that game handily. Miami, Florida State's different, man. It's, it doesn't matter who the better team is. It's outside of that 2013 year when uh, Freddie and the boys just ran him out of dope. It's always a close game. So, I, you know, I like we talked about, we don't want to make every week a referendum on, on what the program is, but 
let's get to Miami and see what happens. Cause even if we lose, and I hate this loser mentality, if you say we lose 23, 27, I think people will feel a little better because like, okay, we're, we're not that far off. And then, you know, we'll go from there, but I think there, it's a long season. We have 10 more games still. I'm not ready to punt on the year just yet. I do need to see some changes in personnel and philosophy. Um, but that's what you hope from a new coaching staff. They can learn from the, the film. They get a better feel for their players and they progress as the season goes on. And that's, that's all I want to see at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So let's do this. I know I, I screwed it up earlier, Richie, um, but let's go ahead and talk about um, we don't necessarily have to recap last week's because they're all kept in the, in the file anyway, but let's pick our games this week. Um we can run through them real quick and then we got a couple callers and then we'll get off here so I can watch the lightning close this series out. Um, we'll go through them. And then uh, Freddie was having a little bit of trouble logging in, but we we've done a weekly pick them for our Patreon members. Again, Sean won that last week. That's why you got to come on the show. If you win this, this week, um, we'll have you on the show next week. You'll be our guest picker. So uh, Boston college and Duke uh, Duke is a four and a half point favorite and is in Chapel Hill. Who you guys got? Duke. Yeah, give me the fight in Cutcliffe's here. I took Boston College um, uh, with the points, with the four and a half. Houston uh, is plus six and a half against Baylor. So Baylor is just under a touchdown favorite at home. I took Baylor. Yeah, that's not enough points. That's Baylor's got an offense, man. They're, Baylor's going to win by 10 or more. No doubt. Same thing. Number seven, Notre Dame, minus 26 and a half against my USF Bulls. I say that my USF, my wife's USF Bulls. She graduated from there. Uh, I took South Florida here. 26 and a half is a lot of points. I more picked that with my heart just so that I'm when I'm wrong, you can I can excuse it, but I picked USF. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them too. I shoot, I went all in out the pockets too on Notre Dame last week and they let me down. I thought that was yeah, blacklisted them. See, yeah, I'm going opposite mentality, Freddie. I, I had Notre Dame last week. I think they came out sloppy. Um, you know, they're back in South Bend this week, and I, I think they cover. I, I don't know how many points South Florida can even score, to be honest. <laughs> so, excuse me. Um, yeah, give me Notre Dame. It's a big number, but I think they cover it. Uh, we talked about both of these games. Oh, no, there's a couple more. Uh, there's six this week. We talked about this game a little bit. Um, Again, picking with my heart here just so that I can cheer this way. Uh, but I am taking Georgia Tech plus seven and a half at home against UCF. Guys? I'm taking UCF. I think they'll cover out. I don't think – I'm saying 10 points at least. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be a, a letdown game with a true freshman for Georgia Tech, and Florida State fans are going to be pissed this weekend when UCF beats them by 14 or more. Dude, they'll hang another banner for the fact that they beat UCF right after we lost to. I'm sorry, the fact that they they that's the other thing I'm cheering for is the fact that they're gonna hang a banner for the. Oh, fact I'm cheering that for Georgia Tech big, but I I just don't see it. Just don't think it happens. Um, NC State um, minus two and a half at home against Wake Forest. Uh, I took the the pack here to cover that three points or two. And I a took half. Wake here. Um, and that's not based on anything. It's, I see it as a coin flip. I have no idea. So give me wake. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take on NC state. And then 
I would assume we all go the same way here because we can't separate our heart from this one. But uh, anybody taking Miami with two and a half points? I got Louisville. Yeah, I'm taking Louisville. They got the better. They got the better QB. They do. And, um, and coach. Yeah, I have Louisville in the like you said, TJ. I, Miami could not have drawn a you know a better situation here without fans or with limited fans at the stadium. Because if there was going to be fans, a packed house at, you know, a formerly Papa John Cardinal Stadium. Um, yeah, man, I think that could get ugly, but I, it'll be interesting. I it, Nothing will surprise me, but I do have Louisville winning by about six. Yeah, so we'll recap them next week. Um, these are fun. I like doing these picks. And I also like that CBS Sports um, – does it for tallies us. them up and yeah, keeps the score so that I don't have to make a spreadsheet um, for it every week. So, all right, cool. We got a couple of callers and then we'll get out of here. Um, we'll, we'll try and keep these uh, pretty quick. Appreciate those that have um, joined us and stuck with us so far. Um, I like getting the fans on and like uh, getting people in. Wyatt says your audio right, cool. is. We got a couple of callers. Oh, you turn, turn me down. I, I don't like hearing myself. I don't, I know, I know you guys don't like hearing me either, but. You're good. Sorry, How's it going, Wyatt? Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. What's up? Um, not a whole lot. What's going on with you guys? Man, we are um, talking some picks. I know you were just tuned in. I heard us on the on the replay. Yeah, listening. What are your thoughts, man? What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on Florida State? Kind of discouraged after last week. Have you have you licked your wounds a little bit? Are you feeling better, or what? What do you think going forward? Um. I tell you a little bit rougher because I was at the game. Seemed to hurt a little Oof. bit more. Oof, yeah, yeah. It there was for, uh, being there for eight hours to see that. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I didn't get home till about two a.m. Sunday, so that was even worse. But um, I've gone back and watched the game. I think at this point, you have nothing to lose by letting some of the younger players in. Because uh, I think Amari Gaynor played really good for the time he was in. And I think Steven Dix played pretty good too on special teams. And if you want to plug him in at linebacker, the, uh, the defensive line, I think let a lot of people down. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, I mean, I know that a lot of people are not super happy here, but what are your thoughts on James Blackman? Do you think we stick with him? Do you think he's our best option? Do you think we should go somewhere else or what are your thoughts there? Um, I think at this point, whether what, whatever, whichever the three you want to run with, they're really at the same advantage because it's a new year, new system. They're all under this, learning this offense at the same time. Um, I'd like to see them, if they're going to play Travis, I'd like to see him at least make some passing attempts. Because I think if you look at the tape on us, anytime he comes in, I think defenses know he's going to run. When it's still been successful, they know that he's not throwing the ball. And if he is, they know it's going to be a screen or a slant. It's not going downfield. Freddie, do you think the reason – Freddie, do you think the reason – sorry to cut you off. Do you think the reason for that is just that he can't make those throws downfield? I mean, that's kind of my assumption there is they're not having him throw because he hasn't been able to do it in practice. I don't know if he's, you know – Trey on Harris 2.0 or what the situation is, but like, I find it kind of strange that he hasn't been throwing again, unless that's just the case. What are your thoughts there? Oh, um, you 
to assume that because with his ability that he provides in the running game, that just takes our offense to a whole new level. So it has to be an issue with his his passing ability. That's all I can I think. If plays, if the pocket breaks down, he can get out of there. Teams they approach the game completely different if he's in there. So it has to be an issue. So I don't I don't know, but I don't know. At this point, we have to try something out because we know where what we're gonna get out of James Blackman. Yeah, and Travis, he did miss some camp. He missed one of the scrimmages. Uh, and the coaching staff's being really, uh, you know, playing it close to the vest as far as injuries, especially with COVID, not saying who's out with what. But it sounds like Jordan Travis maybe had an arm or shoulder injury where he missed mm-hmm. that. So, But at the same time, Willie Tagger and Kendall Bryles didn't trust him to throw the ball last year. So it's it's tough for me to think that's the only reason. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think – with the options you have, I think you're best just rolling out there with James against Miami. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you at that point, you go into Jacksonville State and uh, you hope Purdy's ready. And then you can, you know, use that as kind of a, a tryout to see who you're going to throw out next week at that point. Yeah, I completely agree. Why? We appreciate you hanging out. Um, appreciate your support on your Patreon as well. Um, but thanks for hanging out and chatting with us a little bit. We got a couple more callers and we're going to get off here and I'm going to watch this lightning game, but thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your time tonight, bro. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Take care. Absolutely. All right. We've got a couple more and then we will, we will, um, get out of here. Uh, I got my buddy, Jeremy coming on. Jeremy, how's it going, bro? Good. How you guys doing? Good, good. Your video's off. You're welcome to turn it on, but you don't have to if you if you don't want to. If you oh, want no, to close or something, um, but it's totally up to you. But it's uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. How's it going, man? What's on your mind? Thanks for yeah, hanging no, out. No, just enjoying the show, man. I agree with you guys on many of these points. Uh, it is what it is with this team. Uh, we got dealt a bad hand, and not to make excuses, but we didn't know we were playing Georgia Tech until a month ago. I mean, this is just so unusual. So it is what it is. How has your outlook been adjusted? What do you, what do you kind of, what did you expect for the team, you know, before, and then what are your thoughts like kind of going forward uh, on, on what the season is going to look like? I had no outlook because what I've seen the last couple of years, and I just honestly, not to be critical, but I had no faith in James Blackman going into the year and he did not disappoint in that regard. (laughs) So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just want to see week by week. Do you have any positive thoughts on the Miami game coming up? Um, do you need to see something from them against Louisville to make you feel better, or, or what are your thoughts there? Right now, no. And I know I'm not sounding like a great caller right now. Um, <laughs> we run that scheme we ran the other day. That's what De'Ara King wants us to do, which will not be good. I was disappointed about that more than it, one of the most – because I thought we were going to be aggressive and, and get after the quarterback, and we're playing zone all day with our corners who were designed for bump and run. Yeah, I think what upset me most about that was not necessarily that being the initial game plan because, okay, Adam Fuller, you know, you're going up against a true freshman. You know he's mobile. So, uh, you know, let him sit back and make him drive the entire field. Don't give up the chunk plays. But once he showed he was capable of, of getting the, you know, driving the field at that point, you know, we didn't really make any adjustments until we absolutely had to at the end of the game um when we got two stops and sure georgia tech at that point they were just trying to run clock but when the defense you know we were forced to either get stops or lose the game they got two stops that they needed to get 
Uh, so I do think it'll be interesting to say, see how they adjust it because I think Adam Fuller, I'm a believer in him. I don't want to judge him too harsh after you know one game missing a, a truly important piece, man. Hampson Azardine in the in the back end there, he's a difference maker, especially in the open field making tackles. So I, I want to give him some more games for sure. But I, I definitely agree. I, I didn't see the adjustments I would have liked to see throughout the game, but uh, I think he had a game plan and it worked early. They were shut out in the first half. And then, uh, you know, it just, unfortunately, you let a team hang around for so long, and, and that's what happens. Did you guys get a chance to watch the play on uh, replay third and one where Mayor Blackman went deep and overthrew a guy in triple coverage? Yeah, and he had Webb uh, with about uh, 30 yards of open field in front of him. I mean, but that's par for the course, at least yeah. once, twice a game. He just does not see the second or third option. Yeah, He didn't that, get through those reads as well, right? Like, and And we also – we also had some quarterbacks that did, right? I mean, Jameis would go to the fifth read if he had to. I mean, usually didn't have to go that far, but, you know, we, we've had quarterbacks that, that did do that. And so it, it obviously makes it tough um, that, that Blackman, for whatever reason, can't get through those reads. You know, in that specific play, he did. But, yeah, David Hale kind of talks about this. Like, you know, he's had such a terrible offensive line that he probably doesn't even expect to be able to get to that number three read, right? Like whether yeah. he has time or not, and you almost can't blame him, right? Like if he's getting put on his back every other play, like his option is to throw it or, or get smacked, you know? Well, so you kind of get it. Sorry, TJ. He does that in pre-snap too. I think it was the way Forest game last year. Keith Gavin before the snap was uncovered. Yeah. So the mental mistakes you can't make. The, the issue I have with um, James at this point is he's been here for a while and I struggle with the fact that the game still hasn't slowed down for him yet. He still seems like he's all over the place. Um, quarterback, he's supposed to be the smartest guy on the field and he's just all over the place. We need that guy. He sounds good in the, the interviews. We need him to take that next step on the field um, for us to take that step because without a quarterback, there's no telling how this team is going to look. We have, If we had a few more plays out of him in that game, we win easily. Yeah. And he just – decision-making is still an issue. goes back to the Arizona State game last year. Um, and then you put a little pressure on him, and every team this is going to be their game plan. You put pressure on James Blackman, he's going to turn the ball over, he's going to get rattled. So um, if he can't figure it out, then I'm all for – trying to transition into the next guy. I don't know when Purdy gets back, but we see what happens when teams put pressure on James Blackman. I think and lastly, the frustrating um, part for me about sorry. that third and one that you were talking about, Jeremy, is like you said, it was third and one, but it was four down territory, right? So uh, I believe he converted the fourth down and ended up yeah. with a field goal. But at the same time, it's third and one, and you're throwing into double, triple coverage. An interception there kills the drive when you could have had fourth and one. So it's, it's just – throw the ball away, or like you said, we had Webb there. So if you don't see him, you got to have that clock in your head, like get rid of the ball because, again, it worked out because they converted the fourth down. I think they ran a wildcat with Corbin there. Um, but at the same time, it, you threw in a double coverage. That gets picked off. That's ball game. So it, you just, it's just being smart. It's like when it's, you know, the fourth down, he's or I think it was a third, third or fourth down, he's running towards the first down stick. And runs out of balance a yard short. You just got to have that awareness as a fourth-year player to make that play. Yeah, and lastly, I'm sorry, Freddie. No, I, everyone talks about how he's loved by his teammates, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. But I watch the games, and I don't see the teammates rallying behind him on the sideline. Uh, the interaction with him and Terry said a lot the other day to me. 
And it kind of um, brings me back um, to a fresh, makes you think about a freshman um, having that situation awareness. It almost seemed as if he was told that that receiver would be open. And no matter what, that's where he decided for the play that he was going to go. Um, there's been two, when, when we played and anybody plays, there may be a play where you think it's going to be a home run hitter, but the defense may line up in a, a different scheme than you projected that they would. So you have to adjust accordingly. And I think that's something he's still struggling with doing. Freddie, yeah. you just you just described me when I'm playing NCAA 14 on the Xbox and I'm, I'm down by like 10 points. I'm, I'm going to get it all back right now. Just start throwing <laughs> bombs, interception, interception. Like, I, I don't need, I'm going to throw bombs. Let's go. Why have we not played each other on that yet? Like, I play that like every other day. I would love to kick your ball. I'll even live stream it, and Freddie can commentate. Like, that's what we – Bro, let's go. Um, we can play. Yeah, let's play, man. Uh, Jeremy, let's end on positive. Are you going to any games this year? Can we meet you there? What, what are you coming down for? I'd love to come up to Tallahassee for a game. Not sure yet, but I'm going to try to go to the Miami game. Nice. Dope, dope. Um, I think we may try and go, spoiler alert, we may try and go to the Virginia game. That's a tough week with Thanksgiving and stuff, but we'll all kind of be in town for that. So if you make it out for that, hopefully 2021 gets a little less weird and we can yeah. do something big um, with the podcast. But we appreciate your support a ton. Man, appreciate you for hanging out. Thanks for sticking with us, even though the team hasn't been great. Um, we'll try and be great in lieu of the team being great. But thanks for thanks for your time tonight, man. We always appreciate you, bro. Thank appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bro. I got one more caller and then I got a few fan questions that got um, sent to us tonight. And then if you guys have anything else, we'll talk about it and then wrap up. I know we've been going for a little bit here. We'll have a quick call, a couple fan questions and, and get out um, of here. Tevin, it is connecting. My buddy, Tev, man, he stays in here uh, in our, uh, in our chats heavy. He's always on Facebook. Yeah, he's here every week. He's one of our, uh, our of the locals here. One of the loyalists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Adding audio. So, Tab, can you hear us? Yeah. Man, what's going on, man? What's up, Tab? What's going on, fellas? Bro, uh -huh. you you're one of the faithfuls, bro. You're here every week. You're always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're more faith. You've been to more shows than I have. <laughs> so I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's good, man? What What's on your mind? James Blackman in the running game. <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, I feel like Blackman, he not it no more. He just ain't got it. He'll back up at best, mid-level D1 player at best. So what's your option past Blackman? Like, who do you want to see kind of step in and, and take over at this point? I wish Travis can throw so we can see what he made of. Maybe get him in a rhythm early, little short throws. Try to get him in the rhythm and let him see what he can do. I don't think Tate ready yet. I would want to see us just throw Chubb out though, but you know he got hurt, so that's unfortunate. Stuff like that, because I don't think James gonna lead us. Yeah, do you think it's just a point? Uh, we're at the point where James is just beat down because it's it's weird, man. We think back to 2017 that Miami game. He led what should have been the game-winning touchdown drive. He threw a beautiful touchdown pass on it, drove us right downfield. And we know what happened after that, but it's been just downhill since there. And uh, I, I think we have to throw him out there against Miami next week, just because uh, you want to give your best chance to win. And he might be it based on what we have. But after that, if it's the same thing, yeah, man, I think it's time to move on. 
Yeah, you gotta move. You gotta move on. I say throw him out the Miami game because he yeah. got the experience in that game too. Also, yeah. So, and I think the guys like him, but he yeah. just don't got the ability to win games at Florida State. It's I mean, he is that simple. I mean, he's clearly not the answer long term. Um, nothing against him personally. Obviously, he's just not. I mean, he's the last quarterback that I talked about this with Allie the other day. He's the last quarterback that Jimbo recruited, right, and signed. And then we went two classes in a row without signing a quarterback. Um, and then we signed two quarterbacks. And, you know, your option is James Blackman or, or a true freshman that's not ready, right? Like Tate's not ready. Um, and your other guy that you think is ready is is uh, hurt, right? And so you're just not left with a lot of options. <laughs> you know, like it's probably got to be – I mean, I, I – Unless, I mean, even if Chubble was healthy, he's not had enough reps. I mean, it's got to be Blackman for Miami just because you want to win that rivalry game. But past that, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on board if we want to move on. I, I think you want to get that rivalry game. And if you lose that, see if you can win with somebody else. You're going to win Jacksonville State anyway. So, you know, if, if you're going to move on, move on. If Blackman shows improvement, looks a little better, you beat Miami. I mean, then you can see what you can build on for this season. But uh, I mean, if, if Chubba gets back and gets healthy, which obviously reports came out that he may be getting a little bit better uh, and may be available soon, I mean, I think they end up rolling with him at some point in this year, sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be Blackman for Miami. So, I'm going to be cheering hard for him. I just don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> at, the end of the day. at all. Where are you I at, Tevin? You... to the running game, too, because I feel like Webb should be our starter. He runs harder. He's more consistent. Corbin's just not it for me. What are your thoughts there, Freddie? Let's get the running back here. Um, I noticed that on Saturday. I think um, I like the way he well runs. I mentioned that in our group chat on the Discord chat. Um, I like the way he runs. He runs hard, and I think he um he makes better reads um on that stretch play. The, the the biggest key is stretching that out and letting the defense dictate everything. You can't make that decision early, and I think even though. Webb can stretch some of those plays more. He does a better job on those stretch plays and those those zone reads than Corbin has been doing. Um, I think it would be good to see him more in this Miami game. He runs harder, and his reads are there. That's the biggest thing. That's what separates a lot of running backs. A lot of them have the ability, but do you have your eyes in the right place? And he, it looks like he has his eyes in the right place for most of the, for the most part. Yeah, and he only got a few touches, but I, I really liked how Lawrence Tofelli looked, <laughs> excuse me, especially on that one screen pass. He looked like he could be an explosive type back, so he's probably not as big as consistent as Corbin and Webb in practice, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on because, man, he, he's got some ability. Oh, he's going he gonna to be special too. Uh, I was talking about that. He's going to be special too in the long run. I feel like he should get a little bit more reps in the Miami game too. Him take some reps from Corbin because Corbin just vision is just horrible. He had some holes he could have hit, and he was just going the wrong way. I was like, man, this is can't just be real. We can't go from Cam to this. We've been running back you for the last five, six years. You can't go from that to this. You couldn't even run a ball against Georgia Tech. That's kind of what I feel like. We had a lot of pressure on James Blackman's shoulders. We had to throw the ball 40 times. Because we just couldn't get no running game started. How much of you? How much of it do you think is? I mean, I'm gonna 
I'm going to ask a question that the answer is pretty obvious too, but I, so I'll just make the statement and see if you agree with it, but do you, uh, do you agree that we probably underestimated how tough it was going to be with a new coach, bunch of kids, you know, no longer with the program, uh, no spring, no summer, one month fall. I think we kind of just thought that our logo was going to outweigh all of that stuff and didn't, you know, just say, Oh, well, we're Florida state. You know, we, we just out talent. I think we really underestimated how much all that, was going to impact us not having any of that stuff on a regular year. I mean, you see how it's affecting like how disjointed Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback all of all time looks for the bucks. I mean, it certainly is affecting us more than I thought it would. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that, that's, I, I'm not saying that's the only reason we lost, but I think it's a huge, huge reason why we look kind of dysfunctional right now. I think, like, go, ahead. go ahead, Fred. I think with the spring and everything, a lot of teams have those same issues. My only thing would be the the coaching situation, but at the same time, it's not like we go into the game with the, the whole entire playbook thrown at these guys. They have a game plan for that week, so we should be out there with opportunity to play fast, knowing our assignments. I think a lot of it comes down to whether or not guys are – Fully taking on this responsibility. Are they serious about truly winning? Like, because that's that's what it comes down to. We know what these game plans look like. It's not it's not hard. You have a small playbook for each game week. It's not the full playbook unless you get into those situations where you get in the tight games and you have to pull something out that you ran in training camp. But those are usually halftime adjustments. And so guys got to be committed to winning. It's not all these excuses. I don't. I'm not, I'm not really buying into that. I think it is what it is. A lot of it is guys buying in, being disciplined. That's our biggest thing right now, being disciplined, um, knowing our assignments and effort. That's If guys, Norvell said in the interview that if guys weren't displaying the effort and playing the way that we play at Florida State, they ain't going to put somebody else in. I don't, I don't care who it is. If you're not playing the way we need you to play, the standard at FSU, get out of the game, put somebody else in. I don't care if they – if they look like a complete goofball, if they're going to play the way we need to need them to play for the men. Thanks. I just feel like it comes down to that dog mentality. We don't have a lot of dogs on this team. We have a lot of prima donnas, guys who feel like they earn their spot. They earn everything already, and they earn nothing at Florida State. They ain't showing their ability that they're capable of because they're not willing to put in the work. We had the better team in Georgia Tech. They just showed more dog than we showed. They just showed that dog mentality. They got more dogs. They got more fight. We don't got a lot of fight in us. Once things go bad, things go bad. They don't know how to fight their way out of that dog hole, not at that hole. That's yeah, it's that loser mentality. You know, I, I saw a video clip on uh, Twitter the other day, Phil Jackson. I forget who he's talking about. It was in a playoff series. I think it was against the Kings. I'm not sure. And it's in the fourth quarter. He's in the huddle and calmly telling all those players, They've have the worst record in the fourth quarter in the NBA, and they're showing us why they have that right now. And I just thought about Florida State the past, you know, three, four years or so, where you know, you think back to that fumble against Boise State, where we have two guys right around it. Someone recover that ball, we win that game. You know, little things like that. You know, Virginia last year, Tamar and Terry wide open right down the sidelines. Blackman just overthrows them a little bit. You know, we've had all these games where. And uh, Adam Fuller said it about the defense this week. Uh, he was asking about his scheme and everything. He's like, well, our scheme, 
you know, is uh, we put them in play. And eventually, uh, when you get in those one-on-one situations, you got to make the play. You know, he said uh, a quarterback's going to make good throws, the receiver's going to make good catch. But if you're in a one-on-one situation and you lose that battle, then that's all we can do is put you in that situation to be in a 50-50 battle. It's up to you to make the play. And, uh, you know, we need to see some players start making some plays for us. Yeah, now, um, that's one of my things. Um, I've been kind of quiet on that part, but we always, um, as fans, we always love to go back and blame the coaches. But at this point, you got to start raising your eyebrow. Maybe it's the players. Like, right. um, because it's no reason that we, should, we shouldn't have dominated that game. Um, we were in positions. I've I seen the game early, the game plan early. The offense, it puts um, our quarterback in a position to be successful if he takes advantage. So that's completely up to him. And I think as the season goes on, we'll get a run game, run game going to help him out. And our receivers, calling you out. We, we did a lot of talking all offseason. And we didn't step up. We couldn't get off the line. You guys want to be big time, you got to show me. Like, all that's cool, T.O., Chad Johnson, those guys, big, they're big talkers. But they showed up on game day. So if you're going to talk, you got to come out and ball. And this D-line, we had one of the t- – Top D lines um, coming out on paper. They said we're gonna have one of the best units. They didn't show it. So y'all gonna hear all this. I'm not gonna. I'm not going It is what it is. We gotta come out and ball. The whole country is laughing at y'all again. So it's up to y'all to make that change. Like, what what team do y'all want to be? Yeah, coaches don't overthrow passes, drop passes, or. Um, get pushed back by Georgia Tech's offensive line. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that's that's coaches do. Coaches put you in position. You got to execute, right? Uh, if we got guys, if we got eleven guys on the field and guys lining up the right way, I'm not, I'm not giving the coaches as hard of a time as I have in the past. So, Tim, man, we got to get out of here, man. We've been on for about an hour and a half, but we appreciate you tuning in yeah, every sir. week. Appreciate you for hanging out tonight, and thanks for uh, thanks for your call, bro. Appreciate you yes, as sir. always. Yes, sir. Appreciate Go Knowles. Go Knowles. Appreciate it, bro. We uh we had a few questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause on most of them and skip them until uh, next week. I do have two. One we already answered. So one was uh after the first two drives, I think that um, we thought we'd see a different Blackman. Do you guys think that the coaches will have him kind of stay with a dink and dunk approach to get the ball out more quickly? And do you think Jordan Travis will get a whole series instead of just three or four plays at a time? Perhaps he get in a better rhythm if he can throw some short passes to mix in the running. I think we kind of talked about that. I, I don't just don't know if Jordan Travis has the arm to to be able to throw the ball. Um, as far as with Blackman, Blackman looked really good on the scripted plays, and then not much outside of that. But as we talked about with David, when when his offensive line was um, there, he was he was a lot lot better. So um, Blackman, at the end of the day, just has to be better. Whether it's the the short range stuff or the the down the field. I mean, he's just, you know, at the end of the day has to be better. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts there, but we, we pretty much already covered that one. So it's up to y'all. Yeah. I I think real quick, I just think that's the thing about Norville's offense. You know, he's not going to call it dinker dunk or downfield. He's going to, you know, let the quarterback make that decision. What's open. I think James, uh, you know, his composure has been the issue his whole career. I think he makes a decision. He wants to get it all back in one play, kind of like I was joking about, a, you know, NCAA, like you'd make that play, just throw Hail Mary the next play or something. Um, it, you know, we'll see. He's going to he's going to start against Miami. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And he's probably going to make a mistake in the game in the first half. And uh, let's see how he responds, because maybe uh, Norville spoke to him about his composure 
he, we saw it play out and he can go back and say, Hey, this is what I was talking about. You know, here's your last chance. And obviously he's not going to say it that exactly that way, but you know, I, I don't think it's uh Norvell's not calling, you know, dink and dunk or trying to keep it easy. I just think Flackman, he's aggressive and it, he thinks he can make those plays and we didn't see it happen. What about you, Freddie? Yeah. Um, yes. I don't think you tell him to just dink and dunk the ball all game. There's no way you tell the guy going into a, rob- a robbery game to just play it safe. That's that's a formula for losing. Um, but the, the biggest thing is when you do make a correction to his game, it kind of makes a coach wonder, like, do I have to tell him not to take this too literal? Because if he's saying, all right, this guy may pop open on this play, he's saying, look, look at him, but go through your progression. But when you mention that guy, it's seeming like he's completely locking in on this guy now. So um, I think he just has to he, – he has to evaluate everything like a, court, a quarterback does. Um, he's not a freshman anymore. He's had plenty of time to grow and learn. Even though it's a different offense, you play ball at a high level at some point. He's had some great moments. We got to see it consistently. And his decision-making is a big part of that. Um, this one mostly just for Freddie – um, actually just really only for Freddie. Uh, that was from, uh, Caleb, uh, Mormon M O yeah. Caleb Mormon, uh, a Patreon, a supporter of ours. We had some other Patreon send us some on Twitter. We'll get to him Sunday. I promise. This is for my buddy, Billy. Um, let's go to back to happier times. Uh, Freddie, were you anywhere close to, uh, Jimbo or Kelvin or any of those guys on the sideline? in Pasadena and and what do you recall about Kelvin coming over and, and telling Jimbo that you know coach Craig knows the plays we've all seen the YouTube clip were you anywhere close to that were you kind of far from it or what do you what do you remember about that like when he was kind of I was by, um when that came when that whole came whole thing came out I was by Sean Sean McGuire and he was um he was telling them for a while that it was going on and I think that's how KB and everybody else called him. Sean was telling them, and they kind of weren't paying attention. And then they finally like, yeah, it, this it may be something to this. So Sean McGuire called it first. And so then Smack, Clemson and won us a title. I mean, that guy he might be an <laughs> underrated quarterback in Florida State I history. Say, he might just moved to the top five. I mean, you got the three Heisman winners, and then you know, Smack, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, did Jimbo like? You know, Jimbo was a pretty passionate guy. Did he say, do you remember anybody like saying anything like, oh, that son of a, you know, or was it pretty much just like, all right, well, we're just going to hide the signals now and move on? Or were they, were they frustrated or were they like, oh, we got God? Or was it just pretty much like, all right, put the towels up and we're good? No, at first it's kind of like, oh, I'm not listening to that. He's focusing on the game. But then after a while, I was like, yeah, maybe something to this. And everybody's like, yeah, we got to get, we got to get rid of this. We got to change everything around. And yeah, of course, you should have known that going into the game with a guy like that. I would have, if the signals, nothing changed. I'll do the same exact thing. So we should be yeah. prepared for that. Yeah. What uh, do you want? Let's get real reckless on here. What's uh, how much do we win by if if we keep those up the whole game? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know because they're um, they gave us fits with the offense early, so it would have still yeah. been a game. Yeah, it would still been a game. Yeah, I think they're they're um. I think you could maybe take one touchdown away from them in the in the first half, the one where Jameis fumbled. 
um, cause they got a pretty short field there. They only had to go like 17 yards or something. So maybe you take that away, but yeah, I think we score a little more in the first half and, um, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, it was pretty perfect to win it, like walk it off at the last second and rip their heart out. So, yeah, I, I think we yeah, score more for hell. sure. <laughs> we score more for sure. But I remember, man, I, the reason I was such a wreck, not just 21 to three sitting in the stands, but man, Nick Marshall missed, I think, two wide open touchdown passes in that first half that he had receivers running with nobody yeah. by him. And he missed those throws. So I think it kind of balanced each other out. That was maybe karma for, for Damian stealing the calls to balance things out. And we got the, you know, the probably the best finish to a football game that, you know, TJ, uh, you and I will ever see as fans and Freddie that you may have ever been a part of as a player. I don't know. I know. I remember when we went in at halftime and I'm going to repeat it just how it was said. I don't know if any kids are listening. Jalen Jalen came in. Jalen just got that contract. Shout out Jalen. He came in. He was like, listen. They threw all that bullshit at us, and they don't. And we still in this game. They threw everything because they came out. None of these plays they had ran all season. They coming out with all these different trick plays. They pulling out everything out of their ass at that point. And we only down eleven points. Yeah. Like man, we in the, we in the locker room laughing, like telling jokes and stuff. Like man, they don't even know what's coming. Like they don't know what's coming. And everybody was just around the locker room laughing. Like it was a crazy moment. Like you would think the locker room would be more serious with us being down, but we knew we we're going to come back and win. Little did we know you guys were just preparing us for the every single game of 2014, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a preview for it. He also asked, um, following up on the, on the national title. So this is really the last one. If you could go back to 2013, would you change the outcome of, the 2013 and 14 season, knowing it would be what it's like today at FSU. Um, my answer on that is no. I would take um, a title. I would trade a title for anything that, that we've gone through um, since the title. It would, would just be my answer. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the title for just being like an above average nine win team. If, if that's kind of what we're asking. And I don't think Freddie wants to give up that uh, national title ring. So nobody wants to be known as the team uh, we, every year, but never does. You don't want to be known as Notre Dame. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a great point. Like, right. Like, okay. So Florida state, when we, well, you, even if you back it up, like to the, to the nineties, right. Well, the eighties, the eighties, when Miami was the best team in the state, they won titles in the nineties. When Florida state was the best team in the state, they won titles. In 2001, when Miami was the bet, they won. Florida did the same thing in 06, 08. Florida State did the same thing in 13. Now you've got Florida on top of the state. And thank God for like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I don't think they're going to win any titles while they're on top of the state. So like they're going to be the team that kind of like breaks the trend of um, who's the best. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. 10 and win seasons are great. I mean, I'd love a 10 win season right now, but 10 wins doesn't yeah, mean nothing. Not winning at all. I Who think asked the, that question? I got um, another answer to it. Um, but yeah, I think I think to be honest, just I think we we got our coach. I don't want to speak too early. I think the coaching. I think we got a great coaching staff. It's just fans. We can't keep running guys out of here. I think we got our guy. We got to change our completely change our expectations. Like we're getting high level coaching now. Me speaking to guys on the team right now that have been at points where they weren't happy with the coaching staff and they speak highly of him. I think we got our guy. Guys just have to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. And with a guy like this, when we come back, it's not going to be 
eight win, nine win seasons. He's competing for championships once he gets everything back. Yeah, and I think a, a really easy way to answer that question, because we're all, you know, uh, late 20s, early 30s. Would you rather be a Florida State fan your lifetime where you've seen three national titles and, and 14 ACC titles? Or would you rather be a Georgia fan who's had it really nice lately, a lot of top three recruiting classes, they've come close, but they have not won a national title for 40 years. So give me Florida State all day, every day in that situation. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, guys, man, this was a fun one. Uh, we kind of did this last second. Yeah, well, when we had the call, the show planned, but no preview. Hey, we've got some cool things uh, heading everybody's way. Um, check out our Patreon as always, www.patreon.com uh, slash double fries pod. We, we will take any calls. We'll take any questions, but we'll always give priority to our Patreons. The guys that messaged me there and questioned there, um, we, we gave them priority. Of course, um, we try to take care of the people that take care of us. So go sign up. If you haven't yet, again, patreon.com slash double fries pod. Appreciate Guthrie's for their support in Tallahassee at 2550 North Monroe and 1818 West Tennessee Street. Go check them out before game day or any day. Throw the slaw out and get double fries if you can. Well, not if you can. Just do it either way. Um, and then if you're watching this, share, like, retweet, um, share it in groups, send it to your aunt and uncle, your brother, your sister, um, comment and tag some friends and uh it's double fries pod everywhere instagram twitter facebook uh youtube twitch all over so appreciate everybody's support uh, appreciate you guys for hanging out i'm looking forward to sunday we've got a really fun show coming up we'll be in the discord saturday night talking uh about our louisville cardinals um at least i can adopt them on saturday night um <laughs> see if i can find a red shirt for them i do have a red adidas shirt so i'll wear that um, who wants to take the song this week? Unless you guys got anything, you guys got any other shout outs? I know you're ready to get out of here, but um, if you don't have anything, who wants the song? I got a quick shout out, TJ Freddie. You guys, know if it's John- say, if it's, I was just say, if it's the same guy that's getting been getting married for like four weeks, I mean, I think he's had enough shout outs, but no, 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 no. <laughs> have you heard of uh, uh, do you guys know who John Pack is? I'm not sure who that is, no. All right. Well, every Florida State fan needs to know. So he is a current Florida State golfer, and they are not playing golf this year, uh, or at least not right now at Florida State. But he is he um, qualified for the U.S. Open. He's in the top 15 right now, went under par at the first day at Wingfoot. Uh, Coach Trey Jones is up there. So Florida State represented up uh, close to the top of their leaderboard with an amateur. So shout out to that guy. That's awesome. Shout I love out, it. Man. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, I just Googled him. Super dope. I was watching it this morning. I saw Tiger on. I saw um, he had an early tee time. But, yeah, I watched it all day at work yeah, He today. teed off like seven. Yeah, brutal. But it was good. It was in the office, so it was great <laughs> to, <laughs> to watch that instead of doing work. So uh, anybody want the song? If not, I'll, I'll let Harlan have it. Harlan, you want the song or somebody else got something? Let's let Harlan get it. Yeah, give it to Harlan here. What you got, man? Hmm. Well, I'm going to go with a, a TJ genre, um, a guy y'all probably don't know. but um, Y'all all listen to country, so relax. Yeah. Like, uh, y'all Ry- keep calling it me. Riley Green, Georgia time. Let's go. Play us out, man. We'll see you guys on Sunday.
spring break down in Panama City It was 2000 and something I don't remember a single bar that we didn't show up drunk at So when I first kissed her lips I know she damn sure tasted whiskey But she didn't seem to mind I told her I'm from Alabama She said, hell, I am too She said she was a roll tide fan I said, I bleed orange and blue She said she had a man back home That she'd been leaving for some time He lived just across the Georgia line Well, she's all Alabama But she's got her feet stuck in the Georgia clay Told me she's from Montgomery, but I've seen those Georgia plates. And every time she gets along with me, I see Georgia on her mind. Well, she's all Alabama, but she's stuck on Georgia time. Well, I got a little bit of hunting land just outside of Phoenix City And even though I was right down the road, she couldn't find a time to see me Well, pretty soon it's just a text she'd send with a line from her favorite song But I was writing one of all Well, she saw Alabama But she's got her feet stuck in the Georgia clay and she's got a couple bulldog jerseys, but she's never seen them play. And every time she gets along with me, I see Georgia on her mind. Well, she's all Alabama, but she's stuck on Georgia town. And I've done all I can do She don't seem to understand That we got pines here too Well, she's all Alabama But she's got her feet stuck in the Georgia clay Told me she's from Montgomery But I've seen those Georgia plays and every time she gets along with me, I see Georgia on her mind. Well, she's all Alabama, but she's stuck on Georgia time. And she's stuck on Georgia time.